Bang, man, I need a little bit of a uh, a gradient intro there, like my man Kirby's got over on the basketball show. That just busts right in and says, uh, you are live with uh, A Sea of Red. This is our live podcast uh, that we have been doing every Tuesday night. Um, whew, man, it has just been a wild 30 minutes here to try to get this thing on the road. Um, yeah, I could explain it all, and I think I will, but before we do that... Um, want to first start and say uh, please like and subscribe over on YouTube. You can find a sea of red over on YouTube and uh, it's where we've been posting all of this content. We had an exclusive interview uh, with JB and Demario posted over there earlier today. We have all the press conferences um, and we've been putting uh, basketball video press conferences up there. So uh, definitely want to subscribe over there. Uh, and also, We've had two pieces of breaking news that we need to cover before we get started. Um, first is uh, the basketball commit. I, I want to. Um, it just happened eight minutes ago. Uh, Kai Yu um, from Shanghai, China, seven footer, has signed uh, to play basketball at Liberty. Um, so I know Coach McKay is really excited about that. He was at the game last night. Kai was so exciting news there. The second thing, it's not really breaking news. But um, a sea of red is at 9,996 9, um, followers. And the reason that's a big deal is because once you get to um, once you get to about 10,000, things really open up for you on Twitter. And uh, so we're four away from that. I think we're going to hit that during this live show tonight. So I'll be monitoring that because of just breaking that basketball news. We're going to pick up a lot of uh, a lot of people interested in John's story. So John is not with us tonight because he is writing that live stuff. He literally was like, he's supposed to co-host with us tonight. And then that news broke. And so he's doing what he does. And that is, uh, that is being the man with the story at right at, at the drop of a hat. So uh, John is out there writing that story and we'll get all the details when he joins us here soon. All right. I think that covered all my bases. Uh, I want to recap um, real quick. The UConn game, definitely disappointing. Uh, definitely, we were a favorite to win that game. Didn't win. Uh, played okay. Made some mistakes. Defense gave up a lot of points when we're not used to seeing that. But we're 8-2. and two, And that loss, honestly, from my opinion, was not that devastating. Here's why it wasn't so devastating. One, we weren't in the college football playoff ranking. So, uh, you know, our chance at a New Year's Six Bowl, had we been top 10, 12, was really kind of an outside chance to start with. So losing that game really didn't impact us as much from a New Year's Six Bowl perspective. Doesn't impact us in any way with our goal of being bowl eligible, already bowl eligible. And it doesn't impact us with, um, it does not impact us with conference standings, conference championships, all of that. You know, to be completely honest with you, uh, we're going to go to the same bowl, whether in my opinion, now look, we'll ask John about this. He's much smarter about this than I am. Uh, we're, we were going to go to the same bowl whether we won against UConn or lost against UConn. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation right now as an independent. You're playing for either a New Year's Six, which is crazy, and you have to be ranked in the top 10 to 12 to do that to get an at-large bid because uh, we can't get uh, uh, automatic bid because we don't have a conference championship to play for. So, I guess what I'm saying is the loss to UConn hurt. It was sad. It was depressing, but it wasn't devastating. Like, woke up the next morning ready to beat Virginia Tech, 
still, this is one of the most successful runs and seasons we've ever had uh, for Liberty football. So, you know, it kind of happens that way. When you have 12 games, you win some that you shouldn't, like we did at Arkansas, um, in terms of the way the Vegas spread was and all the odds makers and uh, everybody who was giving us a fighting chance. And then you lose some that you're a favorite in. That's just how college football goes. It's a roller coaster every year. Um, but that, that, that loss was not devastating and it did not, um, derail our season one bit. Um, we don't have that. We never really had that number beside our name because the, the week that we entered the top 25, um, is the week that they started using college football rankings and for that, uh, top 25 ranking. And we weren't in that. So, uh, really nothing has changed. It's time to beat Virginia tech. I am all in on uh, getting this win and uh, moving on to Saturday. So that was a lot. Uh, so let's dive into the show. We've got Damian Sordelet coming in later uh, to break down Virginia Tech. He's a former Hokie, probably still is a Hokie. We've got Brennan Schlittler as always, and uh, main man John Manson. And then to, re to uh, for the nightcap, we got Richie Longshots. So it should be a fun show. I'm excited to, uh, to be here. Um, got the new set. Um, we went back to the old school headset. That is because my kids found the microphone and snapped this cord that plugs my microphone in, snapped it in half. So um, I got to get a new cord for my microphone. So we're back to the old school, uh, as Kyle DeArmond would call, trucker headset. So we're back to that and we're pumped up for a good show. Uh, with that, let's talk to our main man, uh, Brendan Schlittler, Live with 55. Let's get it. There he is. What's up, man? Nothing much. Just uh, enjoying the, the heat in the house when it's raining and cold outside. All right. So uh, we got some personal personal things to get to. Um, and, and I'm going to I'm going to let you kind of let you kind of lead us into this. Um, you know, for you personally, any anything, um, any news that you'd like to, to share with the, those listening? Anything big happening in your life that maybe got a uh, collaboration posted on instagram for the world to see anything anything good going on in your life these days i got myself a lady there we go <laughs> there you go you put that out there we don't need any more details but i did want to <laughs> did want to just we we do the comments kind of blow up every week uh asking asking for you know your your contact information so ladies he's <laughs> off the market uh, some some of you gentlemen he's off the market and uh <laughs> and and we'll keep it moving all right so Last year, we talked a lot about uh, flushing games. You know, we talked about flushing good ones and flushing bad ones. Honestly, this year, we haven't talked about flushing games. I mean, Wake Forest, we didn't have to flush. We only lost by one point, and everybody was pretty happy with the performance. I mean, you guys weren't because you lost, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't a devastating thing. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't really had to use the flusher much this year. I want to know, from your perspective, was it easy to kind of uh, – <clears throat> watch the film, tell the truth, and kind of get ready for Virginia Tech, being that Virginia Tech is a huge game for us as fans and for you guys, ACC program, local program. Um, I guess what was that process like for you this this time around where it was maybe a disappointing loss and flushing that and getting ready to move on? Yeah, definitely haven't had the flush as much as we did last season, so that's always a blessing. But uh, definitely not happy with what happened on Saturday. Um but I would say this is the most mature response that I have seen out of our locker room to a loss since I've been here. 
um, just how everyone was in the locker room after the game, uh, how we talked to each other, how we encouraged each other. And the biggest thing is how we came to work and workouts yesterday and practice today. So um, I think we flushed it pretty well. Of course, you watch the film, you own it, you make the mistakes that are needed, and you get all hands on deck for the next week. So it sounds cliche, but that's what you have to do in this game. Um, but I thought we just – I thought we regrouped very well. The leadership did a great job of kind of just like, you know, that's over. And uh, we're all hands on deck for Virginia Tech now. Yeah, it's no no real time to blink. Honestly, I mean, you no. if if you take that t- if you take that couple of days to blink and start blaming and making excuses, you, you really doing doing the team. So so another thing I want to get to here is we only have two games left, and then a bowl game is the grind. Talk to we, we we've been talking a lot about that this year with uh, conditioning and just the grind that is a football season. Here we are, uh, whatever week it is, ten. Um, you know, how are you holding up? You still have that same grind mentality. What is your uh, mental state right now and the team? I guess you can answer that two different ways, but how are you guys prepared mentally? Are you still as sharp and ready and excited as you were, you know, opening night? Is that kind of a, or do you feel yourself fading a little bit? No, I think at this point, uh, being eight and two, having multiple power five wins, our team is, we're still playing for so much right now. There's a 10 win regular season sitting right at our fingertips. So, um, you know, we go to practice every single day with that in mind. And I would say as far as our bodies, I mean, Saturday was a difficult game. I know offensively with 89 snaps, uh, that's a lot. But I'd much rather us have that than the defense because, you know, they have to chase tackles or ball carries down and stuff. So, um, but I think the majority of us are holding up pretty well. I feel very good. Um, kind of by year five, I kind of know it works and, what makes me feel good as far as sleep, nutrition, and all that stuff. And we have more resources now in the facility more than we had before because of, you know, generous donations and Flames Club and funding from the athletic department. So um, just with all that combined, I feel the best I have, you know, going into my third year as a starter and um, just we're playing for two more huge games. So, yeah, um, I don't know if you've got a chance to watch it or not. I don't, and, uh, you know, I don't even advise players to watch any of this content, to be honest with you. But um, with we talked to JB today and, uh, you know, he, he kind of told his his story and how he's prepared ready his readiness and something. I, I know he's your roommate and you're a good friend and something I just complimented on today. And I want to get your thoughts on. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody be as uh competitively mentally tough as he is you know with the he even talked about it whether he's starting not starting uh the injury that he dealt with everything he's been through uh just comment on on him and how he's handled that and how he's brought it every day and uh what have you seen out of jb that has maybe inspired you and in, in your work ethic yeah you go back to when he first got here um and what he was doing for the school to begin with um, bringing recruits in and working his butt off on that. And then right away gets injured, uh, celebrating a touchdown for another teammate. Um, so it's not even like he did it on the field playing. He was doing it celebrating another person, which kind of sums up the type of guy he is. And then you look at, you know, you can get on all the playing time and opportunities he's had and what's happened with all that stuff. So, man, he's just mentally tough as nails. And I think the biggest thing I can think about is the example he is. I don't think he realizes 
you know, what he's doing for others by going through the journey that he's going through. Um, you know, that's a lot of adversity to face and then to come back and, you know, he's five and one as a starter, has two power five wins, the biggest one in school history after all that he's gone through and then that's happened. So um, I think the biggest lesson is just to keep chopping wood. The tree's going to come down. So he's figuring that out and we are too with him. Man, that's incredible. And, and you're right. And we brought that up about even before he got on campus, he was uh, rallying the recruits. It was so cool to see. And, um, you know, he's inspired not just your team, but a lot of us as well to kind of like, you know, face adversity mm -hmm. that way. Um, so good on him. And uh, and glad you could comment on that. I guess. Uh, I don't know how else to put this. Virginia Tech uh, means a lot to to us around here because of growing up, you know, parents are tech fans. Uh, everybody I work with is tech fans. Virginia Tech, Michael Vick, blah blah blah, so on so forth. Uh, how have how has uh, Coach Freeze and the staff kind of have they? I know they did a great job of giving you guys a taste and a, a feel for the vision when you played BYU and probably a little bit when you went to the SEC about what it means down there. Um, have you guys talked about this at all in terms of in-state and what this would mean to our community? Yeah, we recognize how important this game is. We've talked about it as a team. Um, as far as recruiting, uh, he, he told us this is our opportunity to take the state of Virginia. So um, I think everyone sees the opportunity at hand. Um, and the biggest focus has just been not letting last week affect this week and just bouncing back and um, – but I think the locker room realizes what's at our fingertips this week. And I think today in practice, it showed. I thought we had a very physical, uh, upbeat energy practice. And, you know, let's continue the rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and get ready for that big game on Saturday. So um, I think the big things would be consistent throughout the week, make sure that stays where it needs to be, and uh, give it our best shot. Let's hear about your hat and the sponsors for the segment. Yeah, we're my RT Rogers hat. Um, he sponsors the show. It's an energy distribution company based out of West Virginia, uh, owned and operated by Greg Rogers, LU alumni, uh, so graciously supports us. And uh, they deliver to six different states, and regardless of your fueling needs or location, they bring quality fuel, exceptional service, and leading expertise right to you. So if you need any of that gas, energy, um, go ahead and hit them up, and I guarantee you they'll find a way to get it to you. Awesome stuff. All right, last one is uh... – is is also another another personal question sorry sorry for the personal questions tonight no, you're good. Uh, uh what is it like for you and the team over thanksgiving i know you in particular you have some family coming to town but um what has thanksgiving been like for you as a d1 college football player is it hectic is it actually a time of rest to watch the football games i mean put into perspective for everybody how like you don't get to participate in the normal everybody gets together oh, you know crazy uncle coming to town you don't get to do all that when you're a college athlete and, and just put that in perspective yeah going into division one football you make a lot of sacrifices um to have the moments that we have and the opportunities and the resources so you know you have big wins like arkansas and byu and what we've done and you make relationships and you have these opportunities uh, that are awesome moments, but there's a lot on the back end that's sacrificed. Um, you know, I get to go home twice a year, so that's uh, definitely challenging at times. But for Thanksgiving, I think, you know, it is an opportunity 
to just reflect and, you know, school's out, I think so, that week. So um, the guys kind of get that off. So that's a nice break. But as far as for me, uh, my family does come up and we get to celebrate that together. But as far as Thanksgiving day and that week, it's a normal week practice wise. Um, you know, Thanksgiving day, we're going to have practice and probably have a meal as a team. So um, practice. And besides that, it is a normal rest of the day, but um, it definitely is not the same as it used to be, but they do a great job here at making everyone feel like family, having that meal together as a team and uh, emphasizing what it, what it means for that day. So awesome. Awesome stuff, man. And uh, you know, hopefully, you know, in the future here, after you get done playing football and whatever, you can start making some of those own of your own family traditions and, uh, and uh, kind of look back on, on these four years as, as a kind of a, a get to, get to thing instead of a have to thing. So uh, that's always, uh, always the goal. So, all right, man. Hey, you're the best. Uh, thanks for always jumping on. And, uh, you know, it, it, next time when you come on, you want to, you want to share a little bit more about anything else on your personal life, feel free, but, uh, <laughs> that's not, that's not what we're trying to get to. So much appreciated. And, uh, Hey, good luck, Virginia tech. And we'll see you on Saturday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. Jason Porter ad, and then John Manson. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Real Team Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years, and then uh, moved into real estate full time and uh, with Legacy Real Team Development. And uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my Liberty University uh, family and the athletics family as well. I've been enjoying serving them. Uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that I hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services, which I really appreciate. But certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes, of course. And then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously a very, very different animal than is residential. But uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front, too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to, um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well. Because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be uh, a service to you and yours. Thanks so much. Creator, founder, all things, a sea of red, 
my good friend and recently titled boss man that is john manson uh john we're gonna do this virginia tech week football blah 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 but right before the show starts you get a call from head coach richie mckay you get all this information right this wonderful article that i was trying to read and talk to brendan at the same time just fill us in what is going on with this seven footer plays for the number four high school in the country uh what is his game all about and do we expect him to contribute and did this come out of nowhere well you, you know i was at the game what uh last night today is still tuesday right so last night monday night we're playing uh north carolina central and uh got word that there was a big man seven footer uh, on campus taking in the sights and um you know did a little bit of research on him but um, you know, didn't realize he was about to sign with the Flames, but yeah, Coach McKay called right after it became official, right as it was, uh, you know, the graphic that you see there on the screen was getting uh, published and, and put together. Uh, but yeah, Kai Yu, not to be mistaken for your most, uh, your kid's favorite cartoon character that plays on Saturday mornings, but Kai Yu is seven footer, about 235, 240 pounds, originally from Shanghai, China. He's now in the States and has been for a few months playing for Link Academy, uh, who is currently ranked as a number four high school team in the country. Um, last year, they made it all the way to the national finals uh, where they lost in the championship game. But uh, he's a big man, but he can also step out beyond the three-point line uh, in that article just linked that just dropped. Uh, there's a, um, a video of him uh, stepping out beyond the three-point line and knocking down a number of threes in quick succession. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, he hasn't been in the States long, so it's a language barrier. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be here next year on campus, the new big man on campus. And and uh, he, he provides something that Liberty has not had under Coach McKay maybe ever uh, as far as, you know, a seven-footer that uh, can also stretch the, the floor. Uh, I'm reminded of Carter McMasters, which I hate to even drop that name because, uh, you know, he's such a highly rated recruit. And then he, you know, no disrespect to the man, but uh, it's a little bit of a flop. I mean, he didn't really live up to the hype. So easy. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, you is, uh, you know, I couldn't find any other reportable offers. Uh, maybe he's a little bit under the radar right now, just coming over the States here recently and Liberty was able to snatch him up and get him in and, and we'll see what he can do. But um, you know, whether he registers or not next year, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, you, you can't coach seven foot and you can't coach a seven footer that can shoot a three pointer either. You cannot. Um, also, uh, when you were saying uh, McKay's never had a seven footer that could step back and make any threes, I was just I was watching the wheels turn. I was waiting on the Carter McMaster's reference. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, hey, I wanted to uh, also ask you. I wanted to tell your mother hi, hi Faye. Hope hope you had I hope you had a great time in New York, um, and uh, and everything went well. Um, thanks for watching. Hey, you guys go like and subscribe. Uh, over in the YouTube channel. It really helps us out at a sea of red. Um, John, one thing I said while you were writing that you article was uh, that we're the, the sea of red Twitter accounts at 900, 9,996, four followers away from 10,000. That'd be so cool if we hit that tonight on, a, on the live show. So I think we might with, uh, with the, this basketball news dropping and, and, and everything like that. All right. 
Let's move on to football. Thank you for doing that. Uh, UConn, Liberty. I, I also said this earlier is this was a disappointing loss. Definitely not devastating. I mean, it was like ready, it was like brush it off. Let's move on to Virginia Tech. And the only reason I say that is because we weren't ranked in the college football playoffs. So we weren't really playing for a New Year's Six. We don't have any conference title to play for. Uh, I have a feeling that and, 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 and this is what the question is. So let me get this question out of what I'm about to say is we're not really playing for the same bowl. Uh, you know, if we had won the UConn game or lost the UConn game, but at the same time, I have a feeling we were playing for a very, very similar bowl, no matter if we had won the UConn game and been what 11 and one, uh, 11 and one versus 10 and two, uh, we'd still be outside the college football playoff for the new year six, but did it impact our bowl game? I guess is the question. Yeah, I mean, you you hit it exactly right. I mean, you know, that was probably the biggest disappointment. We were on this show last week this time, and and uh, it was right after the CFP rankings were released, and Liberty was 8-1 and one, coming off a win over Arkansas and uh, not in the top 25, which was – that was the biggest disappointment. It was, one, just for the respect of the team. I mean, these guys have put it in so much uh, work in the offseason and have had such a tremendous uh, season that they hadn't – I had the chance to kind of enjoy that and, and get acknowledged nationally by that. But in addition to that, it was the fact of, you know, Liberty basically uh, no longer had a chance to get into the top 10, the top 12, and possibly get a at-large bid to a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, you know, because coming from so far out with only, you know, three games left to play, even winning those three games, all coming against teams with, uh, losing records with the exception of UConn, who was five and five at the time last week, um, you know, th those wouldn't necessarily move the needle enough to, to jump you up. So, no, it doesn't really affect the um, the uh, the bowl situation. It's still all the same. And and when you get to the end of the season, whether it's a 10 and two or 11 and one year, you're still going to look back on it and say, wow, what a special year that was. Um, now, now, again, Liberty is only eight and two and there's two games left to play. And, and as we know, any team uh, can, can, you know, sneak up and bite you like we saw uh, this past Saturday in, uh, in Connecticut. So I guess the, uh, you know, we're seeing the stats here and we could analyze and, and my overall thought, John, and this, this could be wrong. My overall thought is TJ Green had a great game, 119 yards and one rushing TD. However, if Day-Day Hunter was there and in the fourth quarter, um, it really felt like that we could have used some fresh legs and Day-Day would have ripped a couple of those, I have a feeling. And there's a couple first down runs in particular that we could have iced the game with that I felt like that TJ maybe was just a step slow and he just, you know, he just doesn't, I don't know if he's fully recovered. I I'll be honest. I don't know if it looked like he was running with heavily taped ankles or what it was, but um, you know, TJ had a great game and, and he stepped up, but, you know, we had been just counting on and kind of relying on day day and, uh, day day, honestly, offensively, at least maybe the whole team has been the MVP for me for the whole season. So losing him was a big, a big, uh, a big hit, but that's kind of my quick analysis of UConn. I'm on to the next. Uh, do you have any quick hitters like that, that you'd like to say about UConn or are you kind of flushing it as well? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll piggyback on what you said. I agree about Day uh, Day and Shadro too. I mean, if you have either one of those guys, that, that might be enough to kind of push you over the hump there. But but also Mike Smith. I mean, losing him for the entire game. I mean, UConn rushed all over Liberty. The the most yards that Liberty's given up on the ground since uh, Week Two against UAB, and and I think not having Mike Smith was a big part of that. And then you didn't even have uh, Quentin Reese, who had kind of a freak injury during warmups, uh, pregame warmups, and then. Uh, you also lost Ahmad Walker for all of the fourth quarter as he got that targeting call there on that crucial drive that really kind of hurt things, uh, you know, where UConn went down and scored. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's frustrating. You hate to lose any game, especially a game that you felt like you should have won and could have won. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's time to flush it and uh, got a big game this weekend against the Hokies. Yeah, speaking of the big game against the Hokies, it is time to bring on our once a year guest and uh, one of our good friends and uh, a friend of a sea of red.com uh, Dame dollar Damien sort of let uh, coming to us live from his guest bedroom bedroom, something like that. Damien, what's up tonight, man? Yeah, not much tonight. Uh, I actually did another stream yard about an hour ago with uh, Herb FM. So Glad to hop on with you guys. And yes, this is the guest room of the house. Uh, this is where John got to know the layout of this during uh, the COVID times where you know, we'd have to use the office so you'd see inside of here each time. Hey, <laughs> Damien, that, Damien, that, that was horribly. D Damien, that was going really sideways. I was about to say that this brings flashbacks back to the 2020 COVID year when we were Zoom all the time, and this is, this yeah. was my view. But then you go into yes. saying John got to see my bedroom very well. That is not the case. I've never been in Dame's bedroom. Oh, guys, uh, I'm just gonna—I uh, might just ask Nick, the producer, just to cut me out of this interview, and you guys just go at it here. You guys, okay? So if you guys don't know. Uh, Damien and John sit right next to each other pretty much at every single men's basketball and Liberty football game. They're always talking nonstop about stats in the game. And Damien's always bringing in some, some heat with a stat. John's always bringing in some comment and they're just back and forth. Like if you sit near them in the press box, you can't like, they have this thing going and it's, you just saw a glimpse of it there and you can't really get in between it. Uh, Damien, that's my first question is, <laughs> That's my first question is, uh, what what do you have for us? What kind of uh, what kind of stat do you have for us for this Virginia Tech game? Is this like the uh, and, and I'm hoping it's uniform related, but if it's not, I won't be that bit disappointed. What What's a stat you got for us this is the first time they played in Williams Stadium or what, what do you got for us? Anything good? Oh, gosh, uh, I did get a little heads up on what the uniform is going to look like. Um that's a combination that has too many appearances that I can't come up with uh, a full record for you because I'm missing a few years. Um, but uh, it'll be a combination that uh, people should recognize. And um, it leaves open the possibility of wearing Virginia colors uh, for this game if uh, the Hokies do go with some orange uh, in their uniform, uh, which would be kind of cool uh, to honor um, – uh, what's going up in Charlottesville right now. So, um, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, but uh, folks from the Danny Rocco era will certainly uh, notice the certain shade being worn by the flames. Awesome. Hey, 
Uh, we don't have any breaking news mu- music, but if we did, uh, we would play it right now. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, Virginia Tech ties. I've seen some pictures of you floating around on the internet with a Michael Vick jersey on uh, and all that kind of thing. Why Why were you ever wearing a Michael Vick jersey? Did you go to Tech? Do you still love Tech? Uh, did you were you Do you have a troll account that you basically troll Liberty fans with, as from a Virginia Tech perspective? I have a few that I think could be you. Uh, so yeah, tell us all about your Virginia Tech love affair. Oh gosh, yeah, I'll take. I'll thank Did Liberty win for friending me on Facebook during the Liberty Media Twitter thing and posting those f- photos, saying I was not, you know, Liberty centric. Um, I did not go to Virginia Tech. My dad graduated from Virginia Tech in 1969, which, uh, whenever he showed me the Beagle, which is their their yearbook and everything graduated in the same class for Frank Beamer. Um, uh, the same one who was the coach there for what 20 some odd years and led them to prominence. Um, the first football game I remember attending there was in 1998 uh, against uh, Boston college when both those teams were in the big East. Um, and I went to several games in 1999, which is where I got that number seven Jersey from the, uh, uh, a really old one back when they had the standard colors and everything. And uh, so I went to a lot of games there. Um, I've been to a couple bowl games, uh, Gator Bowl, uh, the infamous Mike uh, Marcus Vick stomp on Elvis Dumerville game. I've uh, been to a um, Chick-fil-A bowl uh, when Sean Glennon was quarterback and had no business being back there in Georgia beat him. Um, but um, uh you know, I never went there. I went to George Mason. Uh, I do have a certain love for it because my sister was on campus on April uh, 16, 2007, uh, when the shooting happened. Um, she was in her dorm at West Ambler Johnston when the first shooting happened and her RA was killed. And um, she was supposed to go to class that day near Norris Hall. Um, and then um, we were talking about it actually about a month ago. And she brought up she just had something tell her and she thinks it was, um, you know, basically the Holy spirit telling her don't go to class, um, today. And, um, you know, the last thing she remembered is, um, peeping through her, you know, the people of her dorm room and seeing SWAT teams run up and down the hallways. Um, she didn't know it was an active crime scene there at the time. So, um, I was on, that I was on campus after the shooting and uh, just seeing how surreal it was, how quiet it was, how, um, you know, a lively campus that place is and uh, seeing it um, so quiet and so tranquil um, was really different. And you, you, you kind of grow fond of a place because of that. But, um, you know, the one of the first games I went to after my dad died uh, in 2020 was the Virginia Tech game. And, um, it was a beautiful day uh, there in early November. Um, so uh, it ha- has a warm place in my heart. Um, I don't have a college team I really cheer for anymore because I cover college football. And, you know, I need to really be a, objective uh, when, you know, you're doing top 25 ballots every week. Uh, you're evaluating teams for Heisman Trophy uh, since I'm a voter, um, you know, and also being objective when it comes to liberty and how I approach that. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a long-winded answer there. Um, so there's the backstory. So if anyone ever asked me about it, there you go. And any unflattering photos you see of me on there, um, 
<laughs> that's because of you know, the Liberty Wind hacked me. But there's one other thing. Uh, 1999, one of the games I went to uh, was with a friend from high school, Whit Wilson, um, went with his family. And on our way back, we went to Thomas Road Baptist Church. And I actually got to see Jerry Falwell Sr. preach. Um, we got there right before the sermon started. We were sitting upper deck on the left side, right up against the wall. Um, and he was a larger than life figure. And me at the time, I'm 14. Um, you know, I didn't watch any of the, uh, you know, moral majority or any of that stuff on TV. So I didn't really grasp who he was, but, and he boomed from the pulpit, and, um, you know, 23 years later, I still remember that. Um, I can't tell you what he, where he preached from <laughs> um, or what the sermon was about, but you just remember the ambience and the command he had of the pulpit and the grasp that he had of the congregation. And, um, you know, that's the only time I've seen him and I saw him in person. So, you know, uh, that's my little tidbit from, you know, actually going to Virginia Tech game brought me down to Lynchburg for a service uh, back in 1999. So I'm, I'm sure everybody listening to us is, is familiar with Damien and his work, but if not, you can uh, follow him on Twitter, Damien Sorderlet, and also on the news in advance where he does a great job covering uh, the Flames. But, Damien, looking at Saturday's game, um, uh, you know, Liberty's what, about a nine-and-a-half-point favorite and uh, going to be welcoming uh, the second-ever ACC team into Williams Stadium, uh, second-ever Power 5 team into Williams Stadium with uh, – you know, Syracuse coming back the first game ever. Hugh Freeze was the head coach. Uh, you know, Virginia Tech's two and eight, lost seven straight games. Um, it hasn't been the season that that many Hokie fans were hoping for, or, or anything like that. Under first year head coach Brent Pry, uh, what are some some keys to the game uh, in your eyes as you look at this game Saturday? Well, first and foremost, it's stopping the run. And John, you and I had a you know front row seat. Well, technically five rows up and two rows back in the press box seat of how UConn was able to really use the outside zone to take advantage of uh, Liberty's inability to tackle um, the several key plays. I mean, there were instances where the Flames were able to tackle really well, but you and I noticed, you know, they were able, whether it was Rosa, Rosa in particular, um, or rather, or Robert Burns was able to, you know, get to the outside cut and pick up some big yards. And I think that's something that, you know, Josh Aldridge and company will need to clean up because with a guy like Keyshawn King um, back there, who's got game changing ability with his speed and ability to plant a foot and cut up field similar to like a for Liberty fans would be a DJ Abner uh, type uh, with his speed and ability to when he gets to the second level, have another gear. Uh, you got to stop him. Um, so that's going to be key um, because if you can do that and force Grant Wells to become one dimensional, it, he's shown that he can throw, he'll throw some interceptions. He did that at Marshall, not to the extent that we've seen it this year at Virginia Tech because those interceptions have become on a little bit more of a bigger stage and a little bit more of key situations. Uh, so, and I'm going to say this, like Dennis Asagade said this prior to Wake Forest, if you collapse the pocket and you put pressure on the quarterback, the quarterback's going to make mistakes. And I know a lot of people on the Wake message boards thought that was, you know, message board fodder and, you know, you put that on a headline, you know, for the team to see. But, you know, Asagade was right. 
you know, that happens all the time. And Liberty has proven when you can get to the quarterback and make plays, you're able to disrupt what the offense is doing. And when Tech has struggled this year, Grant Wells has been under pressure and has been able to, been able to run or be you know, comfortable throwing the ball. So you're going to need Liberty to get back to where it was playing against Arkansas for the first three quarters. And I think with the way Tech's playing, if Liberty can get a lead, I'd say 21 to five going to the fourth quarter, with the way Tech's season's going and on a seven game losing streak, you might be able to put them away. So uh, 21 to five. So there's a safety in there. I like that. Um, also, I believe that the Holy Spirit told me not to go to class several times when I was at Liberty, uh, and the, the professor didn't believe me, but, um, that now, now all you Liberty students out there, it is a valid excuse, uh, not to go to class. Uh, Damien told you so, or you learned it right here from, from, uh, main man, Dame Dollar. Uh, Damien, uh, talking about Virginia Tech, I haven't got a chance to watch them, but Pry comes in as a, spe- as a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, turns his offensive play calling over to, I believe, uh, a guy that studied under Urban Meyer at, at, at Jacksonville. Um, I mean, is is special teams still their calling card? Uh, what is what is Prize defensive scheme? I mean, it's whatever it is. Is it is it is it would would a Hokies classify this two and eight as a a uh, just not having enough players? What excuses are they making out there? Uh, or what, what, what are they saying is the reason for only two wins? Is it, is it poor scheming? Is it poor, uh, special teams play? Is it just not having the players? Uh, what is, what is, I mean, I'm not used to this. I think I've, for as long as I've been around, I've never seen tech be down this bad. And I just want to know what is, what is the reasoning behind it? Oh, my dad was still alive. Um, he saw some down years, um, you know, as a lifelong hokey, um, he would probably tell you it's just part of the cycle. Uh, you're going to have some cycles where you're going to have some down years. And you could say, you know, the the program was not left in a good place. Um, and a lot of people have echoed that. You know, you uh, look at the beat writers who cover the program, people who know the ins and outs. The program was not left in a good place. Um, and it's just because I think the previous staff under Justin Fuente, they got away from the recruiting roots that made Virginia Tech what it was. And that was you recruit your backyard, you recruit in state because uh, you guys know, and John particularly knows this covering recruiting that Penn state um, has been getting a lot of kids from the state. And that's, you know, tied with Anthony Poindexter and then you Ricky Ronnie previously with that, with that staff and Brett Pry as well, uh, cause they have ties to Virginia. And then you see North Carolina, uh, across the southern part of the border that's been getting like kids like Zach Rice uh, from LCA who you know is a legacy student at Liberty that you know honestly would have been a great fit and made it been able to start immediately um, that comes from the fact that Virginia Tech's not recruiting in state uh, and I think they're getting back to that um, you know Tech's defense um, I know Hugh Freeze brought up early, uh, Monday you know they're averaging about giving up like 350 yards a game it's closer to 380 but still if you're in this day and age if you're allowing less than 400 yards a game on defense you're doing something well um and we can attest to watching liberty in the last few years under robert wimberly there were very few games where liberty was giving up less than 400 yards and there was sometimes liberty was giving up 500 yards um 
North Texas comes to mind, a couple of games against New, uh, New Mexico out there in Albuquerque. And, uh, you know, Army. Didn't they give up close to 600 against UMass that one year? They gave up 700 yards in regulation and 777 yards in the, if you include the overtime. Uh, that's because Andy Isabella couldn't be covered. And to be fair, in that game in 2018, Liberty only had two safeties because of how poor they had recruited and developed at that position. And they just didn't have anyone ready behind like Isaac Steele and, um, gosh, I can't remember who was playing strong safety in that game. But they, it might have been Seneca Espinoza or he might have been out and they were just short on safety help there. And, um, you know, they just didn't have anyone in the back end. And you, Jesse Lemonier is trying to get back there to uh, the quarterback, and Isabel's running free, and that didn't help. But you can see Liberty has made gains on that end, and that's what you're going to have to see with Virginia Tech, which is Tech's going to go through this rough patch and give them a few years. And that's what they did with Beamer, because the first, if you guys go back and look at the history books, the first year or so under Beamer wasn't good either but he recruited in state he got the kids that wanted to be at virginia tech and that started the ball rolling and i think you know with prior running a 4-3 defense um you have a good base to build with um because out of that you can go you can use a linebacker uh whether it's your will or your sam as sort of a nickel hybrid safety uh, to match up with these spread offenses. So there's a good base in place and it's just, it's, it'll take time because they're going to have to rebuild that roster. And, you know, in a lot of the preview magazines I was reading, you know, there were anonymous assistant coaches saying tech doesn't have a roster that can compete in the ACC. And that's what you're seeing right now, but you know, they've been in their games and um, you know, for Liberty, this is one of those games where, you know, if Liberty plays its best, it should win. Um, you know, for, for myself and Chad and, and other Liberty fans that, you know, grew up in Virginia or, or in this region, a game like Saturday against Virginia Tech, especially when they're coming to Williams Stadium, means so much. Um, and, and when you look at this year, I mean, would you say, uh, in your opinion, that if Liberty wins Saturday, they are the de facto best team in the state? I mean, if you look at, you know, the struggles Virginia Tech's had, you know, just two and eight, and, and obviously the struggles that, uh, you know, UVA has had, you know, uh, current tragedy withstanding. Uh, and then Old Dominion, who's, you know, seemed to fallen off here the last few weeks after a strong start. And obviously JMU, who's not not playing Liberty this year. But, um, you know, is, is if Liberty wins Saturday, can they say, you know, we're the best team in the state? Uh, yeah, you can make the claim that Liberty's been the best team in the state since 2020 if you look at the totality of the work that's been done. Uh, but I think, you know, if you go by year-by-year year basis, um, if Liberty were to win, yes. You could say Liberty has the best program in the state at the moment because the proof is in the pudding. I'm going to borrow a quote from Hugh Freeze that he said a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're winning your games and you're reaching 10-win mark multiple times, you're going to bowl games, you're winning the bowl games, uh, you're winning games in state, that would put you – but in that time frame, 2-0 against Virginia Tech, 2-0 against Old Dominion with wins in 21 in this year. Um, you haven't played James Madison since 14. Um, kind of wish Liberty had a chance to play UVA uh, this year or even last year uh, to see you know where the Flames stood up against the Hoos. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, 
I think you can make that claim and no one would argue it uh, because at the moment, Liberty is playing like the best program in the state. Um, you could say from a resource standpoint and from the financial commitment the university is making um, compared to Virginia Tech, Virginia Old Dominion, James Madison, Liberty would be right up there with them. Uh, because I think from a coaching salary standpoint, Freeze is ahead of both Pry and um, Elliot. I think from a, if my math's correct, from the assistant coaching pool um, uh, money, uh, that is the highest among the state. Um, again, I haven't seen the updated numbers, but I would think so. And I think, you know, the money that they have committed to it is probably comparable, uh, even though the overall athletic budget pales in comparison to what UVA and Virginia Tech pour into them every year. So, yeah, I think it's it's a chance to say, you know, we have the best program in the state right now because we are delivering results. Yeah, I was kind of going to be my question was how, do, how does that stack up into a program? But uh, before we let you go, uh, last question I got, and then, John, uh, if you have any, uh, last question I have is about uh, game day with, with uh, main man here, John Manson. Uh, when you're in that press box, uh, what, what is it, what is it that is John just locked in on the game? Uh, is he always trying to make small talk, talk, take us inside the press box, working right beside uh creator founder, all things to see a red John Manson. And what's he like up there? I, I always, always wondered because to me, it looks like he's locked in. I know he's not answering the phone when I'm texting him. So he's got to be doing something. Uh, what is, what is he like? Cause he got his game face on. Yeah, he's pretty locked in in terms of analyzing, you know, what's going on and trying to read how things are going. And we have some really good banter. And, you know, I saw a couple of Arkansas uh, media folk doing this uh, where they would get on and do like a little live stream from the press box and do, uh, I think they do pregame analysis. They did a halftime one. And then after the postgame press conference, they came back and did another Um Basically, a lot of what they discuss about stuff is what John and I talk about before the game about, you know, hey, from an injury standpoint or who we see out there, like, you know, what's this going to look like? And, you know, you know, based and you look at the other side, the other team, and you try to pick out, OK, well, this guy's here. Oh, this guy's not here. And then you try to say, well, you know, how's this going to affect things? Um, and that's a lot of what we do. And then, you know, pregame, we're also watching a lot of college football that's on the TVs in there and uh, catching up with how things are going. Um, you know, that's, that's the one thing John and I do have in common is we'll watch a lot of college football before the game and after the game, uh, during the game, not not so much other than maybe checking a score here and there. But, uh, you know, he's, he's locked in to keep up with what's going on because if you're going to provide instant analysis like he does and, uh, quick hitters and stuff like that, you kind of have to be locked in uh, because if you miss something that's vital and you're not putting it into your instant analysis or quick hitters, then all of a sudden you're going to have readers that say, I thought that was a big moment of the game. Why didn't you highlight that? And you go, oh, man, I totally missed that because I didn't see it because I wasn't paying attention. Uh, so yeah. that's – yeah, it's really great having Damien up there, too. I mean, four eyes are better than two, right? So, you know, sometimes he's pointing things out that I haven't noticed or or vice versa and say, oh, have you know, like the other night, the other game against uh, UConn, all of a sudden we're noticing Quentin Reese is not in. It's like, did you see Quentin Reese get in on the field? I haven't seen him out there. And then it's like, well, he's on the sideline. He looks fine. You know, so things like that where you just, uh, you know, trying to play off each other and uh, help each other out a little bit because it's always better to have – 
uh, more eyes than not. And one thing I'll say about Chad texting, Chad is the king. Anybody that's got Chad's phone number, he's the king of group chats. I've been in 72,000 group chats with Chad over the years. And every time he's always starting a new group chat, I'm like, Chad, who am I in with now? And I, you know, it's same thing on Twitter. Now he started these Twitter group chats and we got 15 group chats on Twitter. And I'm like, Chad, I cannot keep up with all these things. I seriously, and sorry, I hope this doesn't hurt anybody's feelings, but I mute most of my notifications during games. I literally cannot keep up with everything. Yeah, understood. Understood. Uh, John, you got anything else for Damien before we let him get? No, man. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Absolutely, thanks. guys. Uh, glad thanks I got so on. Yeah, glad I got on this podcast for the first time. I've been on before when we just did it over the phone, but it's good to get on here, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, you guys are doing some good work with this. Uh, Chad, I know you love your music on this, so I'm disappointed I didn't get a music intro <laughs> for this segment. Uh, it's been a long day, Damien. It's been a long day. But, I'm yeah, I'm glad to have you on the video. It makes John feel a little bit more comfortable. Oh, there you go. Uh, it makes John feel a little bit more comfortable seeing that guest bedroom in your house. So uh, every, everything's good, man. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to go back to uh, in, anyway. Anyway, yeah, we'll let that one go. Damien, we'll see you Friday night at the basketball game. Absolutely. See you guys there. All right. Let's hit it. Let's bring in Richie Longshots. Well, there he is, main man Richie Longshots. Uh, let's bring John Manson. Uh, the, uh, we're bringing corporate in on you here, Richie. Oh, what do I do now? We have some charges that we'd like to uh, talk to you about. First of all, all right, uh, hit me. We want to get John's thoughts on, um, you know, John. When when Longshots is going out here and betting against Liberty and telling Liberty fans to bet against Liberty taking telling everybody hey get the and he did explain why he was trying to do that last year but uh john um while while richie is on here uh talk about uh you know what what i want to know all right settle this for us here's the question uh whose articles do better uh, with numbers on the website any of richie longshot's blogs or literally any other article of the entire week i gotta know this well, his very first one, and I already told Richie this, but his very first one was in the trash. I don't know what happened What happened with that one, but nobody read that. I don't know if it was a timing or just, I mean, people saying, I don't even know who this guy is because, you know, it is different. You know, a see or read after dark with Richie uh, on this live channel is is a lot different uh, fan base that we're connecting to, a lot, a lot different demographic than your blog readers on a Thursday mid morning, you know, the guys that are sloughing off of work, you know, wanting to read what's going on. So they just don't know what's going on, but, but it's picked up steam, you know, his last couple ones, I th I, the one last week really hit a uh, hit well. And uh, you know, he's, he's putting some of my numbers to shame now. All right. Uh, Richie, happy, what are you happy, happy learned how to putt. Happy learned how to putt. This is what yeah. happens. Uh, if we're airing out Twitter grievances, can I get one? <laughs> Yeah, let's go. Yeah, me and 95% of all of Liberty fans are trying to watch games on ESPN+, Plus, ESPN3, streaming. 
little bit of delay. And John and John's like saying things before they happen. Like I have to mute the Sea of Red Twitter account every single time we play a, any game because I want to be on Twitter. And it's like it's like third and seven, and they're like field goal's good. I'm like, well, all right, well, I guess I can go to the bathroom now. So I do want that on the record. If he's muting group chats, I want to be transparent as well that I am muting uh, the main account during games. I appreciate the kind words about the blog, though. I'm learning. I'm learning well, my well, way. Well, I appreciate that, and I've heard that from others, including this other guy that's on the screen with us. And, uh, you know, it's hard, but sometimes, you know, it's only so much I, c- I can do because, you know, you're out there, you know, trying to provide the fans what they need. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, if, if you're trying – what I have done in the past when I'm uh, watching a game on stream is – I don't check Twitter until a timeout. So then by the time you get to the timeout, then it's like, okay, we're all on the same page now. So yeah. You, you expect uh, me to just not check Twitter in the middle of the game? What, what do you, uh, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. During the UConn game, you were tweeting something. I didn't even know what we were talking about. He, I was tweeting about a soccer game and he's texting me. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm tweeting about big soccer game here. Man. All right. The all World right, Cup's all coming right. up. All right. Let's reel it in. Let's reel it in right, real quick. It John, do you have any Twitter grievances? No, it's it's all good. Twitter, Twitter. Some people take Twitter too seriously. Um, you know, it, everybody just needs to relax and have fun. It's for entertainment purposes only. Same thing with Richie. Same thing I would say about him is is just take a chill pill. It's okay. You know, it, do you agree with everything he does? Probably not. Do you agree with everything I do? Probably not. But hey, just take a chill pill, and it's all for entertainment purposes only. Anyway, so exactly, chill we need a pill. disclaimer at the bottom next season. Yeah, no. All right, all right. This is where I step in and say, guys, no, we have to be what the people need us to be. So so let's be chameleons and, and, and give them what they need and want. Uh, all right, Richie, um, question for you about Virginia Tech coming up. Go ahead and uh, give us your take on the game. You will be live in attendance. Tell us uh, a brief overview of your itinerary, uh, how many people are contacting you. Uh, what is what is your weekend going to be like and some analysis of the game? We'll hang up and listen. So we're we're leaving Friday morning, coming up from the dirty jersey, driving down bright and early. Uh, goal is to get to Lynchburg by one o'clock. Got to stop at the Wawa about halfway when I was coming down when I was in school. It's always the last Wawa before we're Wawa-less. And I don't know what the situation's like now, but that was the last Wawa. And I'm stocking up on like turkey sandwiches, Wawa lemonades, fruit punches, iced teas, the whole kit and caboodle. So definitely pit stop there, swing down, hoping by, you know, noon, one o'clock. Um, first trip automatically, every single time I go down south, Bojangles. Need it, have to have it, automatic. So first stop, Bojangles. Uh, check into the hotel, get ourselves situated, get my, my Friday night game day fit ready. I've been going with Chad. I'm like, Chad, what should I wear? Like, what's the fit for Liberty Arena? Like, I got to look good, feel good, wife. good. He is yeah. worse than my wife with his outfits. He's already, he laid them out, literally laid them out last weekend. It was like, I got to keep these out of the laundry because yeah. that's what I'm wearing down to Liberty. And he's already like got them ironed and pressed and put in his bag already. All right. Yeah. So you're, you're, you've, uh, so you've been talking for three minutes and you're only at Friday at three o'clock. So keep it going. About that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're going out to dinner before the game uh, and then going to, check out Liberty Southern Miss, my first time in Liberty Arena. We're going to have some good seats. You probably saw Chad uh, last night with the fam sitting uh, courtside looking great. These kids were fired up. That was really cool to see. Uh, after the game, we'll be hanging out a little bit more. And then Saturday, football tailgates. And I've been having people reach out to me, DM, text, and they're like, 
come here? You know, can you fi- come find me during this game? You know, are you going to be, you know, where are you sitting at the basketball game? Come to this tailgate. So I'm going to be getting pulled in a million directions, but I'm just going to do my best. Shake hands, kiss baby, stay out of trouble and uh, see everyone and just enjoy, uh, you know, a great weekend. Last week was not the best. Um, I was a little disappointed at first, felt like the night of junior prom, but I looked at everything, the perspective and went, you know what, this loss isn't going to ruin the season for either sport, you know, at the end of the day, there's bigger things ahead. There's there's bigger things to play for. So it, it is what it is. So I think this week will be a nice turnaround from what happened last weekend. Richie, I tailed your uh, Liberty UConn under last yeah, week. Bad, bad I, think, pick. I think we lost that by halftime. I the the I think it was the the fumble six and I the strip six. I went it's over, done. Like I said, this was doomed, doomed from the start. It was one of those you just the vibes it was like bunch of first downs right away points early and i went this is not good doomed but so two and you, three last week could have been worse what's your year to date and what do you think about virginia tech uh, i think i'm 26 and 29 there we go thanks to uh, uh producer nick setting it up for us 26 and 29 could be a lot worse so liberty virginia tech i like the over i'm going to the game i'm not going to go to the game and bet the under like that's just the dumbest thing in the world like i couldn't imagine going to a sporting event and just rooting against points so you're gonna see me in section 105 rooting for points hopefully we're in a situation where we're up like 45 to nothing virginia tech scores a late touchdown and i get to cash the over people i'm thinking of a terrible fan i'll get more tweets but rooting for points rooting the game you might as well root for points um i just think last week not sure if mike smith's gonna be out again I don't think Virginia Tech is going to just roll over and, and not try. I think it's an in-state game. Both teams are going to be fired up. So give me points. Give me points. If I'm live, give me the points. Um, I guess uh, I guess another question for you about the Virginia Tech game is, uh, what are you expecting for your first experience in uh, in the updated Williams Stadium with, with this Hugh Freeze experience that we have on the mountain right now? What are you expecting to see? A lot of red, a lot of maroon? Don't know. It's going to be loud. What, what are we I think, doing? I think it's going to be mostly red. There's definitely going to be more of an away presence that there normally would be because it is Virginia Tech. Um, but I do think it's going to be primarily Flame fans. Um, I'm excited just for the energy uh, of this being a big game, this uh, game that people have had circled for a while. Um, and just seeing the new stadium to see the berm. I, I've seen so many pictures and videos that everyone has, has put on Twitter. It's going to be my second ever Liberty tailgate since I've graduated. I've been to more away games since I've graduated than I've been to home games. So just being there to see that, to see uh the, the the tailgate spots and just the way that the crowd is and all the lead up to the game during the game excited to just yeah, I, I love college football atmospheres and, and and i'm excited to see you know where liberty has come in the 10 years since i was a student and just to to see that um and live it rather than looking at it through a screen and then using the bathroom during don't stop believing because that song's a sham <laughs> john what is your take on the virginia tech uh, that same question. Do you expect to see a lot of Virginia Tech fans there or what? What is the vibe you're getting? 
Yeah, I think there will be, kind of like Richie said, more than what we're used to. Uh, but I actually think BYU might have uh, end up having more fans of their own at that game than Virginia Tech does. And I think a lot of that is due to Virginia Tech being 2-8 and eight and losing seven straight. And, and uh, you know, why are they going to go through the hassle of, you know, traveling to Lynchburg or coming out to the game at Williams Stadium when they don't expect to win? Uh, but yeah, I do. I do expect it to be a, a well-attended game. The biggest question mark I have is not necessarily how many Virginia Tech fans are there, but how many students show up. Because you know you're entering Thanksgiving uh, break, and uh, you know it'd be nice for them to stick around for half a day and, and leave Saturday afternoon rather than Friday afternoon or Saturday morning and take in the game. But but I have heard that they have sold some of those tickets that are typ- typically. Uh, student section tickets on either end of that that lower section there. They have sold some of those tickets as they're not expecting the uh, same number of, of Liberty students to show up Saturdays they typically do. All right, Richie, it looks like you got uh, five games picked out for us. You've already told us about the over and the reasoning behind that. These other four, very interesting as I've read through them. Uh, walk us through these other four. Uh, let's Let's moderately jog through these other four, however. We'll sprint through San Diego State, New Mexico. New Mexico stinks. This is going to be the post-Liberty game. It's on FS1, so when we're chilling in Chili's. This is going to be the game that's on TV. Get to watch uh, Richie Longshot sweat it out. I think New Mexico stinks. San Diego State rolls. Akron, Buffalo. Akron stinks. Buffalo at home. Uh, much better team on the road. Buffalo rolls. I don't like that it's 14 and a half. I'm going to wait. Hopefully, I get it at 14, but 14 and a half, it is what it is. No, that number on your screen is not a lie. Iowa, Minnesota, the over-under, 32-and-a-half. I think that's lower than what the Iowa-Ruckers game was in the beginning of the year, but Rutgers, Minnesota, I mean, Iowa, Minnesota, 32-and-a-half. They're double-dog daring me to make this bet. And I am going to lick the flagpole like it's Christmas story. My tongue's going to get stuck. The final score is going to be 10-3, but I'm not going to bet an under with that small amount of points like there's going to be some weird college football play that both that that happens for both teams and the game ends up with with points on the other end you give me an over that high 74 and a half usc ucla marquee game of the week i'm not gonna not take the over like 74 and a half points plus i looked it up these two teams last year final scores like 55 to 52 the last three times these teams have played has been points 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 so Saturday night, I strategically picked games around the Liberty game. I, there was a one o'clock game I liked. I think it was UTSA Rice. Kept it off because I'm focused on that Liberty game at 12. And then all the uh, after after game events will be able to uh, sweat out the bets. And then end the night with hopefully just 130 points scored between USC and UCLA. Yeah, you're, great points about taking. I mean, the, the overs are just so much more fun to root for. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, man, that was good. Uh, creeping in on 500. I did want to comment on there. I do watch a lot of other college football shows and there's not hardly anybody. I mean, uh, Matt Berry, uh, Joey, uh, whatever, whatever uh, that guy's name on a college football final. Uh, Joey Galloway. Is that Galloway. Uh, the bear. No, no, nobody's, nobody's coming close to 500 right now. Yeah. The bear. So uh, uh, great, great um, job so far on the season. 
picking against the spread is difficult. You are having more success on the basketball show. I don't know if that's just because uh, we're intimidating over here on the football show. Uh, we get more views. We get more likes. Uh, I don't know if that's I'm, – I'm picking on producer Nick. He's back there shaking his head. Uh, the basketball show has been wonderful. I'm just giving him a hard time. Um, so hey, one, thing I, one thing I've learned uh, with the basketball show just one weekend, when they put your, your name up there and your record – uh, that's a lot of pressure, and I don't like it. And uh, so, kudos to Richie having to do this all season. Yeah, yeah it's been is. it's been a learning experience. Like, like I've you know bet on games before, but to have my name like under it, it it, it is it adds a some extra pressure to it on top of you know any money I may be investing. Oh, look, the basketball scores standings. Oh, okay, wow. cl cl close that out. Let's move. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, last question I have for you is more about uh, your experience at Liberty uh, this yeah. weekend. Um, is your dad prepared for this? Is he prepared for everybody? To hey, there's the gambling guy. Hey, there's the guy who who uh, gets suspended. Hey, there's Richie Longshots, my favorite uh, Sea of Red guy. There's, you know, is he prepared for your newfound, uh, newfound whatever you call, whatever you call? It? I mean, you're. All I don't know what to place, call dude. it. You are all over the place. You put you tag Richie Longshots in a tweet. Uh, the rest of your day, your mentions are blowing yeah. up. So I don't know what you have with the people and what connection. But is your dad prepared for that connection you have with uh, the Liberty fans? I I think he is to an extent because it's just that's just the way my life has gone where things just things just spiral out of control like it starts as all fun in games um it, it was funny when we were at wake and and my buddy were walking up to the game and, and someone like stopped me and was like oh you're the guy on the podcast and he goes are you like liberty famous i go no 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 no, no, no. definitely not and chad's chad's like people are texting me left and right that they're meeting you like and it just that's when i went all right this 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 might actually spiraled out of control, but no, I gave him a heads up. I was like, listen, we're going to be getting dragged in a bunch of different directions. We're going to be, I'm going to be, like I said, shaking hands, kissing babies, saying hi to everyone, but it, it's, it's all in good fun. And I'm excited to, to get down there and, and meet everyone, meet you guys in person for the first time. So that's going to be awesome to, uh, to, to get to experience, get to see. And, you know, that Friday night basketball game is going to uh, set the, set the, set the stage for the weekend. So that's another game automatically betting the over. Don't care what it is. Awesome. Yeah, I'll take the basketball pick, the over. All right, uh, John, while 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 we have John here, Richie, this is how you do this. You get him face to face and you say, hey, John, we need to dip into that uh, Sea of Red uh, bank account and get him off of this uh, trucker headset. Can we get our guy a, a microphone that, that at least looks decent? I mean, he does the whole thing with his hair, his Christmas tree. Everything just looks perfect. And then we have this microphone. I like the microphone. but I like the mic. Okay. Okay. As long as you're comfortable and confident, that's all it feels. Look good, feel good, play good. Well, I, I had AirPods, which were working fine until producer Nick was like, don't wear the AirPods for the basketball <laughs> show. And I'm like, all right, what else do I got around the house then? <laughs> awesome. All right. Good stuff. Looking forward to seeing you. Uh, John, Thank you guys. hang around for a minute. And uh, Richie, look forward to seeing you. All right, John, a final thoughts here is we're in crossover season. Um, last question I have for you, which program, and this is going to put you on the spot between men's basketball and football. Uh, where would you rank the trajectories of those two? They have been shooting up so far for so long. Um, are we a basketball school or are we a football school? And if you take the easy way out and say both, I will agree with you, but I'm going to give you the chance here to, to say, Hey, when you think Liberty university, uh, what, the athletics department is trying to build what they want people to know us as what drives the momentum 
and Richie McKay is probably watching, so be careful. Uh, are we a football school or a basketball school? I love Coach McKay, and uh, you know, he, one thing I love about him so much is he he's all in on Liberty. You hear him talking about we're one Liberty, and uh, you know, I think he truly believes that. And uh, he's all in on the mission of the school, and and he celebrates the victories of the football team. Uh, you, you know, you go to a press conference of his after the Arkansas win or after the BYU win, and first thing he says is, you know, kudos to to my good friend Hugh Freeze on the big win. So he, he's all in on that. It's nothing like they got going on at Kentucky with that that rivalry going on between the two programs uh, uh, in inside the same school. But yeah, I mean, Liberty's a football school. Uh, Ian McCall has built the football program to a point uh, through his leadership and obviously with Hugh Freeze at the helm uh, to kind of drive the ship. And college football drives the ship in FBS uh, around the around the country and, and it's doing it at Liberty. Um, you know, Liberty is, you know, and it's crazy for me to, to, to even say this out loud and to think this is, you know, just a few years ago when we were in the FCS still, basketball, you know, Coach McKay was starting to get that thing going. And you had guys like Scotty James and Caleb Holmesley and, and Lavelle Cabell and others, Georgie Pacheco-Ortiz and Maya Baxter-Bell and, and all those guys. And and you could see things were turning. And we were quickly becoming a top 100 program. And, um, you know, you thought, man, the, the basketball team is is on a much higher and uh, upward trajectory than the football team is. But that's changed. And, and football is a top 50 program right now, you know, maybe even better than that. And, you know, basketball is not quite at that level. They haven't gotten all the way up, but um, you know, Liberty is a football school and, you know, you can be a football school and still have a, a strong basketball program. Others have done it. Um, you know, so, so it'll be interesting. I mean, you, you know, I'm a huge basketball fan and I, it's nothing. I have so much fun and I don't, I don't know what the feeling is, but when you walk into Liberty Arena, it's just like, man, you know, this is home. You know, I love being here. I love watching this game. And, uh, you know, it's a different feeling than Williams Stadium, um, even though that's fun too. But, but yeah, Liberty's a, Liberty's a football school, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, 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 man, you have more guts than I do. I do. I would never be able to say that. But we both are basketball guys. That's our first love is, is, the, is basketball. Um, we both – are, are all into um, everything Liberty. And, you know, I would say that, um, you know, it, we are blessed in a way as fans, um, blessed in the right word. We are lucky. We are fortunate is probably the right word to have a full athletic season where we don't have to root for bad teams. You know, like we go from football to basketball to baseball and softball and you throw in golf and all the other fun sports that I love following at Liberty and it's just all the success we're having right now. So we are one Liberty. Um, I think that, that McKay says that as a, as a way to, to connect and, and to make sure that everybody knows that he's okay with that. Like winning in football doesn't really impact him uh, negatively in any way. So it's not like there's a competition there because there's money for everybody and there's, there's fans and people like you and I who are going to do both no matter what. So, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, you know, we are a football school and it's okay to be a football school, but, um, yeah, great answer. Love that. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight on the show. Uh, love all you're doing, uh, even, even joining us 10 minutes late. So you could, uh, write a, a break an article about a, a signing. Um, that's, that's incredible news and excited for McKay to be able to get somebody like that. And, uh, you know, 
one thing that McKay has always been known in coaching circles, uh, from what I hear, is that he can evaluate talent um, really early a lot better than some of these other guys. And it's, I mean, you look at Colin Porter, you look at Seth Curry, you look at several other guys who nobody else was looking at, and then McKay gets on them, and then everybody's like, oh, man, we had to get in. So hopefully that's what, what this is as well. Looking forward to it. And, uh, John, um, you have you made your prediction yet for Virginia Tech, or is that coming later this week? I've made it, but it'll be published on Friday. It'll be published on Friday. I'll give you my prediction right now. I think that Virginia Tech comes out fighting. I think that they put us on our heels. They are very desperate. When I say desperate, they are hungry, and they are desperate for a win because they know, and, and Brendan said it earlier, uh, they are. we are playing for Virginia, the state of Virginia recruiting right now. I mean, we could literally take a a hold of the state right now with, with just all the momentum uh, from a win. Um, so they are desperate. They are hungry. And, and, you know, we're coming off. We're not fat and happy because we just lost to UConn, but we have had a great season so far. And, um, I, you know, I'm hoping we come out fired up, but I just have this feeling Virginia Tech's can come out, punch us in the mouth, similar to what BYU did. I mean, didn't BYU go up 14, nothing, 14, three, something like that. I think it's gonna be very similar. And then as the game goes on, we're going to see slowly this time. I don't think we're going to pour it on like BYU because we don't have day day. Slowly, we're going to creep back in and win by about, I don't know, six or seven. So um, I do think it's going to be high scoring. Um, you know, so I, I'm going somewhere in the neighborhood of 28 to 21. So 28 to 21, uh, something like that for for Liberty. So we'll we'll read your prediction later on this week. Thanks for all you do. And uh, Faye, if you're still around, I'd love to see you in the comments here one more time. Uh, but if you're not, John, I'm just glad my mom's not in the comments anymore. So that makes me feel good. And I, we got to find out either uh, Will. Oh, hey, Faye. We got to find Will or Nick's uh, mom or mother-in-law. We got to get somebody from from that basketball show to start that watching. Comment, that comment was from earlier. He went back and pulled that up uh, from an hour ago. I oh, think she's okay. asleep. Oh, yeah, probably. All right. Uh, with that, we'll end uh, and go Flames, John. A huge weekend of Liberty Athletics and then World Cup. I am so pumped up to be a fan right now and uh, a lot to be excited for. So let's go. Go Flames. Thank you.